Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Indie Boss, where every week we talk about things that we've come across in our consulting calls with our clients, which will help you in growing your independent business. I'm Rich Emmett. And I'm Lindsay Emmett. And this week we're going to be talking about benches, goats and long tails. So first up is a new email benchmarking figures um, for the period since COVID, which has been published by Campaign Monitor. Some of you might have already heard of Campaign Monitor because they provide an email platform service. Um, but what's really good and you, what you might not know is that they publish really good resources on their website. So earlier this year, they published the ultimate email marketing benchmarks for 2020 by industry and day. Campaign Monitor analysed over 30 billion emails sent globally between January and December 2019. These campaigns were sent by Campaign Monitor customers across 171 countries, subscribers all around the world. I found it a really fascinating read. So, for example, here's one of the insights I bet you didn't know. Tuesdays see the highest open rates. But also the highest unsubscribe rates. The best bit about the information provided is that you can see what the best click-through rates are specific to your industry um, and measure this against the results you're getting. So here are some of the key points about sending emails. As we already mentioned, the best day for sending emails to be opened is Tuesday. And across all emails sent, the open rate there is 18.3%. I thought it would have been higher than that. Uh, our last campaign had, what, 42% open rate? Yeah, but remember, we only use warm traffic. And I suppose this is an average figure for all traffic. So people who aren't warm leads, stone cold traffic, um, email lists, Facebook leads, all that sort of thing. But it's definitely interesting to know. I suppose that's the really useful thing about benchmarking. It shows you uh, where the average figures are and it allows you to diagnose if there is a problem with your campaign. And if so, what the problem is. So if you're sending out a new campaign and you get an open rate of anywhere near 18%, you know that's average. So there's room for improvement. If it's less than that, I guess that's a sign you need to urgently look at ways of increasing the open rate. Yeah. So here's some of the other key benchmarks I found. The best days for click to open rates. So that's the percentage of people that opened the email and then clicked on a link within the email are Thursdays and Fridays. They have a 14.4% click to open. And the lowest bounce rates on emails are on a Wednesday. They're only 0.6%. wonder why that is. You wouldn't think there'd be any reason for bounce rates to be different from one day to the next. Yeah, I don't really know the reason for that one. But a bounce rate of 0.6% at the high end is in line with what we see roughly with our clients. So the worst days for open rates are Saturdays, understandably. And the worst click-through rates are Wednesdays, again, and Saturdays. Obviously, the last few months have been anything but normal, so Campaign Monitor have released the COVID-19 edition. This report aims to analyse how metrics have changed uh, year over year in March and April 2020. The report also provides more recent comparisons to see what is as a result of changes in marketing trends over the past year versus due solely to the coronavirus. The main takeaways are that although uh, in March, the number of emails sent were roughly the same as 2019. More people have been opening emails during the pandemic with a 20% increase. Uh, so very substantial uh, increase during the pandemic. Um, seeing their open rates increase and their unsubscribe rates decrease. 
again, you can check your results against your specific industry to give you a baseline. But I suppose the most important thing is when you're reading, don't panic if your numbers are well below the norm. And um, here's what you can do to make sure you're getting the best from your email campaign. So we know now that more emails than ever are being sent. Um, I'd advise you to find out about when your competitors send the bulk of their emails, sign up to receive their subscriptions and see if you can determine the peak days for full inboxes. You can then leave out these days um, and send your emails on less busy day, guaranteeing a more open rate. All right, and then open rates are up across the board. That means that people are opening more emails, they want to hear from you, but it's important you don't take advantage of this. So you're only gonna get good results if you're sending something of value to your subscribers. So if your email doesn't offer value, then don't bother sending it. And lastly, it's really important more than ever now to test with your audience. So test subject lines, send times, even use different layouts, different designs, different colors to make sure that you deliver the best experience to your subscribers. Gauge the results week after week, make improvements and then keep testing so you can stay ahead during this crucial time. Next up is an old seminar by Gary Holbert that we came across on YouTube. Now, I couldn't find out when this was filmed originally, but I'm guessing from the haircuts it was the early 80s. There's no slides. It's just Gary and his papers and the audience, but everything he says is really relevant to marketing today. Yeah, if you didn't already know, Gary Halbert's uh, known as the greatest of all time in copywriting. He famously said that one in three houses in America have given him money through his direct marketing. He's written loads of books, but the most famous one is The Boran Letters. This was written to his son whilst he was in Boran prison for mail fraud. Yeah, he died in 2007. Um, and a lot of his work was in direct mail marketing. But don't let that put you off because everything he teaches can be directly applied to online marketing today. So the entire talk really needs to be listened to um, because he puts everything so well. But um, the main highlights of his talk that we took away were this. So the first thing he says was, it costs too much to be a pioneer when the road has already been paved. So sell things that are already selling. Um, we come across this loads with our clients. And I think Russell Brunson talks about it best when he says that the pioneers are the ones on the floor with the arrows in the back and you don't want to be a pioneer. So instead, find out what others are doing, what's working for them, what hurdles they've already overcome, and then do that. Yeah, there's really loads and loads of uh, gems of insights in the video uh, that we've put a link to in the show notes. Uh, but here are some really quick takeaways. The first one is don't sell people what they need, sell them what they want. OK, so people buy what they want and then they tend to justify that they needed it. But the trigger to buying is always that they wanted it and never that they needed it. As an example, you see a, a Tesla in a car showroom and it's really expensive and you really want to buy it because it's kind of a cool car, okay? So that trigger is an emotional trigger. You see it, you really want to be driving it, but then you find out it has a safety feature that's gonna protect you and your family. So the trigger for buying the car is that you want it, but after you bought it, you justify that really you needed it for the safety feature and to keep everybody safe. If anyone asks, that's the reason you bought it, but that's just covering up the real reason. And the real reason is that it's a cool car, 
uh, you had uh, an emotional reaction that you wanted to buy it, and that's really what caused you to buy it. So if you're creating an ad or sending a series of emails, what you really want to focus on is what the person really wants as opposed to what they need. And wants are normally quite easy to identify. They're normally related to health, wealth, or relationships. So another thing he asked for, which I really liked, was that he said, it's not how you ask for something, it's when you ask it. So here, Gary talks about finding the right time to sell your products. And this is so relevant to what we see on social media. Um, and I think it's actually getting worse recently. Okay, so on my social media sites, I, someone will connect with me and then immediately send me a DM saying, do you want to buy this? Can my course help you with that? Um, and what Gary says here is that it's a bit like if someone sees somebody they really like and they walk up to you on the street and ask them to marry you, um, what you're probably going to get is a really low success rate and a slap across the face. Um, what you would do instead is um, you might ask them out for dinner on the street, send them flowers, start dating them, and then some way down the line, you might ask them to move in with you. And it's a lot like that with marketing. Your prospect needs to get to know a bit about you first. They need to know um, what you're selling fits with them and that they like you. So you need to encourage those relationships before you go in for the big sell. And that's kind of how it is with challenges, right? So we offer a 30-day masterclass challenge that helps coaches, consultants, and independent owners to win a ton of customers and make a lot of sales online. And that course is really kind of low price and massive value. And at the end of that challenge, we then ask people if they want to work with us because by then they've seen the massive value provided and they understand much better how much value we can provide to their business. Yeah. If we just started contacting people on day one via email or on our other sites and saying we've got a high ticket offer, the, the uptake is just going to be less um, because they just don't know us. They don't know what we can offer and the value we can provide to their business. Absolutely. Now, one of the coolest thing about Gary's Hal Halbert's work is that you can see it all for free. Uh, we've put a link in the show notes to the Gary Halbert letter, uh, which being characteristically modest, Gary referred to as the most valuable website on the Internet. Probably got a point there, though. <laughs> and on the page is a link to the newsletter archive. This contains the famous boring letters that Gary Halbert sent to his son, which we talked about earlier while he was serving time in prison for mail order fraud. They're definitely worth reading, especially because the son highlights um, different topics and talks about them later on during the letters. Sure. Reading Gary Halbert's stuff is a must for anyone interested in online marketing and in particular copywriting. We were listening to Tim Ferriss this week and he was interviewing Seth Godin, who we've spoken about before on this show. And what they were talking about were books that they've loved. And one of those books that caught our interest was The Long Tail by Chris Anderson. So this is a book about marketing to small niches. And the idea is that in the past, there would be a small number of markets with millions of people in each. And marketing was directed to those big markets and millions of people. But now things are changing. And instead, there are millions of niche markets, each with dozens of people in them. Yeah. So one example they use in the book is about selling books. 
And they make the point that a fairly big bookstore can hold a maximum of 200,000 books on the shelves. But Amazon stocks 11 million. So if you look at the next bestseller, uh, you're going to have a choice. You can either buy it in a bookstore or you can buy it on Amazon. But let's say you wanted something really, really specialist and niche, like, say, the abridged version of the history of ancient pottery. That's an actual book. That's one book. of your favourites. Yeah. Well, it's an actual <laughs> book. I checked that out on uh, on Amazon. Then you're not going to be able to buy that in your local bookstore, but you can buy it there in Amazon. And that's a long-tail product. And actually, what Amazon have found is that 30% of their entire sales, so nearly a third of their sales, are from these really niche long-tail books. So we all know the internet has made it easier and cheaper for buyers and sellers of niche products and services to find one another. This means that the sales of niche products can attract enough customers to create valuable niche businesses. And the thing is that customers with a niche interest or a niche want, who used to have to put up with whatever mainstream product was available in the shops, can now get exactly what they're looking for from a niche provider. And the casualties are the people with products somewhere in the middle. So say their product isn't a huge hit with a big appeal to millions, and it also isn't niche enough to appeal to the particular needs of that niche. So it ends up that nobody wants it. So what are the lessons for coaches, consultants, and independent business owners? Well, the first big one is that you need to target a niche with your product or service. There are millions and millions of people online, and you'll be able to find enough people in your niche. Mm -hmm. uh, but you need to understand uh, that niche, and you need to target specifically to that niche. As the saying goes, selling to everyone is selling to no one. Uh, definitely. And also, I thought of another application of this for affiliate marketers. So let's say you have a YouTube channel and you're using that to review products on, I don't know, Clickbank, Clickbank and hoping to get affiliate commissions from people who click through and buy the products. Rather than focusing on one product and hoping to generate a brilliant video and spending all your effort driving traffic to that one video, in other words, trying to make just one product a big hit, it would be better to put out lots of good videos that are each targeted to a different niche. So rather than trying to get thousands of sales from one video, sorry, better to get tens of sales on thousands of videos. That's a really good point. And I think that's definitely the way things are heading. It's no longer any good to have one product that's intended to be a one size fits all. Much better to have lots of products, maybe quite similar products even, but each one tailored to the specific needs of a specific niche. It's kind of an exciting time here at IndieBoss. The IndieBoss Revolution Masterclass Challenge is due to launch on 31st of July. If you're a coach, a consultant, or an independent business owner, and you want to massively increase your sales by winning your ideal customers online, this challenge is created for you. So make sure you join our Facebook group and stay tuned for more information about the launch. That's all for this week. You know what to do. Please like, share, and comment, and let us know your thoughts about what we've discussed this week. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the Indie Boss Business Show.